it's it's a time to slow down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing is people just want to do things so quickly because their life is so busy. It's like, well, you actually really need to slow down and take the time to wash the dish so you can decompress, you know? <laughs> there. Welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. Today, joining us again is Beth Ferraco, HBIC, head bitch in charge at Team BFF, where Brooke and I are both coaches. Hello! Beth agreed to come on today to talk about something that we've noticed over the first summer challenge, the shred challenge that we did with Team BFF, and just something we notice quite often, and that is, Beth, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so what I have noticed, right, is that when a lot of people post their meals, They post them on paper plates, Mm. okay? So without trying to be too judgmental, I did a little, you know, a little poll in Instagram to get everyone's like story on this. Like, why does everyone use paper plates? To me, if I'm cooking a meal and I'm putting work into it, why am I going to put it on a fucking paper plate? It just, I don't know, seems so counterproductive to me. And it just seems like you just don't really care about your meal. I don't know. But then I was, you know, I was getting a lot of different answers and a lot of people really were like, I just don't want to wash dishes. And I'm like, okay, well, that to me is laziness. So you're going to make an extravagant meal with pots and pans and things like that. And you don't want to wash a fucking plate. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. It was a really interesting conversation. The coaches were throwing it around when we were all in Maine together. And it was, it was interesting because I'm with you. I like to cook. I like to make pretty food. I like to make it look nice. So I want to eat it. And Mm -hmm. so like the people I'm feeding want to eat it. And I can't, I can't imagine putting it on a paper plate. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't seem as nice, you know, which also begs the question too, like if you're not cooking your own meals at home where you know what's going in them and how many calories they contain, are you eating out all the time? Are you ordering food from elsewhere? Are you eating freezer food, which is not a bad thing? That's not the point of this. The point is like, are you first of all, struggling to lose body fat? Is that a goal you have that you are frustrated with because you are not achieving that? And are you not cooking your own meals at home? Those two are hugely intertwined. Right. It's wasteful, A, Mm -hmm. and it costs money. Like, that's a lot of money you're spending on fucking disposable wear. Yeah. But you also, I I asked people also, because I wanted to extend on the the paper plate thing, like, are you using plastic forks and knives with your meal? And most of them were like, no, we're using regular um, silverware. Okay, so you're going to have to wash that, right? So why not use a fucking plate? I, I, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this. And a few people were like, well, I have sensory things. Um, I just need to make things quick because of my neurodivergence, which made sense to me. Okay, that that totally makes sense. And uh, some people have to do things for that reason. 
But other than like, I just don't want to wash a dish to me was like, okay, but what are other things that you don't want to do that you're taking shortcuts for? Mm-hmm. That's an important conversation. And like the the mm-hmm. stuff that does make sense, like when I'm sick, I don't wash dishes. So I eat off of paper plates. I'm also not cooking really nice food when I'm sick. <laughs> like right, my husband right. was in grad school for a couple of years. We weren't making super nice food. We were making cheap ass food and we were eating it off paper plates. He didn't have a dishwasher. He didn't have time to do any of that stuff. And I wasn't going to spend all my time doing it. So like that stuff makes sense. But it does beg the question. It also begs the challenge of the identity that some people have. Like, well, I'm just lazy. I'm just a lazy person. Mm -hmm. But you wash your forks and knives or, or what? You just throw away the silverware and buy new ones every time? Right. And then a lot of people said also that um, they wanted to spend more time with their kids uh, or they need to help their kids with their homework. It's like, okay, well, when I was growing up, we did dishes as a family. That was spending time with my family. Okay. Like, you know, we all did it together. We had fun. It was, I don't know if we would have fun, but made it as fun as possible. You know, one would wash, one would dry, one would put away and we're all in the kitchen having fun. That is spending time with your family as you're doing something constructive and helpful. Mm, yeah. We we didn't I didn't grow up in a home with a dishwasher. I was the <laughs> whoever didn't cook was the dishwasher. Yeah, we yeah. we were the dishwashers. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think p- too many people are looking for shortcuts everywhere. There has to be a shortcut. And I'm trying to understand people's thought process when it comes to that. It's interesting. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just something to think about. Yeah. I think also it goes back to being willing to spend time and effort on yourself. And if you're not willing to do that, then what else are you not willing to do? Or what else are you Mm -hmm. willing to, you know, throw your hands up in the air and say, well, I just can't. I'm just not that kind of person. Mm -hmm. There's the roadblock immediately that you're running yourself right into before you even have any chance of changing. Because that's a a permanent thing. Like if you are this way, then okay. (laughs) We've talked about this before on the podcast. Like, well, if you are this way, then okay, you are this way. Right. The, right. the end. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. And I also gave the um, imagine me making a recipe video. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm putting all this work into making a recipe for you guys. And I displayed my recipe on a fucking paper plate that said Dixie on it. Is that going to look as appealing to you? Yeah. You know, as as pretty. Probably not. I know my meal doesn't look as pretty on a paper plate. And I don't and I don't know if I take more pride into my food as I'm eating it in a paper plate. I feel like I'm at a fucking cookout. Mm-hmm. I think another part of it, too, can be that, you know, so many people, not to necessarily generalize, but a, a, especially women, a lot of them spend like all of their time and energy doing everything for everybody else. And part of it could be just like throwing stuff on a plate right, for their kids or for their partner or for themselves because that's all that's left, you know? Right. Instead of being assertive and taking time and putting effort in for themselves, which I think is a huge problem is that people don't stand up for themselves. They don't, they give everything away for everybody else. Right. But they don't, take anything for themselves. And I think that's part of this discussion too, which some people might, you know, think we're going way too deep into it. But I don't think we are. I grew up surrounded by families where the mother was just giving and giving and giving and completely emptying. Like their cup was like negative 53. They they were so far beyond empty and they got scraps. That's what all that was left for them was scraps because they were giving and giving and giving. And there's that saying, (laughs) which is very true, that you can't pour from an empty cup. 
And if all you're giving yourself is scraps, that can't feel good. That can't feel good. I don't think that can make you truly proud of yourself. I mean, you can ride the coattails of, look at me, I'm such a giver. Not that these people are, you know, doing it to be seen, but you can only ride the wave of giving everything until you are just done. You're burnt out. You can't do it anymore. And then you have this idea that you're just not worth it. You can't do it. You can't do anything for yourself. Right. And that is not okay. Mm -hmm. Just throwing shit on the plate. I've also got the, I'm going way too deep into this. It's like, okay, well, so what if I am? I work with people on their mindset. And I don't think people understand that a lot of the things that they do happen because of their mindset. Mm -hmm. And so me digging is trying to get to the root of your mindset and how you think about things. And I think a lot of people need to do that to themselves to do a self audit. Like, really, why am I doing this? Um, Maybe it's out of habit now. And it's okay to change these things. You may view your food differently. You may enjoy your food and eat it slower if you're eating it off a pretty plate because you just put a lot of effort into your meal. Mm -hmm. Part of it too is I think finding things to be proud of yourself for. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of myself when I make food that looks really good and I want to eat it. And like the people I have over are like, can I like, can I get seconds? I'm like, yeah, that's why I made Mm-hmm. <laughs> eight extra servings of this. Right. And that's something that people struggle with too on a very deep level is they just don't have pride in themselves because, you know, you name it, they failed. They think they failed so many times at so many different things. It just, it all plays in together. And it's like what we talk about all the time. You know, you can't get away from the mindset stuff. And maybe for some people, it's not that deep, but maybe for some people, it is that deep. Right. So exactly. Poke at your brain. See what falls out. See where it goes. Absolutely. Those are my thoughts on that. I don't know. I haven't talked about it in a while. So I'm glad we're discussing this now. I'm still, it still bothers the fuck out of me. So (laughs) when people post that, I'm like, God damn it. Why are you posting a paper plate? I can't look at your food. Like it just doesn't look good to me. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but it's like, I don't know. It just, it's, it gives a whole different vibe to your meal. Yeah. Well, and it's like you said, it's disposable. Yeah. It makes it kind of easier and it makes it okay, in a sense, to like forget what you've just done, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you made some choices that didn't line up with how you wanted your day to go. Like they don't make sense for your goals. So you just throw away the plate and then it's gone. It's done. It never happened, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you go do it again if you want to. Yeah. There's no evidence. Basically. Mm Mm-hmm. In my mind, it's like, okay, let me use the paper plate so I can overeat and I'm going to throw the plate out so there's no evidence of me doing that. But when you're washing the dish, you're actually thinking back about what you just did. And then that's where I'm going with this. And maybe that sounds crazy, but it's really not. I don't think it is. <laughs> and I'm thinking of this this lady I know. She spent, I think it was a weekend with monks, Buddhist monks, and they were going through like meditation practices. And one of her chores was to put silverware away in a very specific way, you know, like focusing on the feel and like her hand movements Mm -hmm. and like where they go and like putting them away nicely, not just like throwing them in the drawer. Mm -hmm. And that just popped into my head when you were talking about that, because like, if you want to get woo with it, you can turn the the dishwashing into like a form of meditation if you're maybe you're single Mm -hmm. and don't have kids to hang out with when you're doing it. And like, think about use that as an opportunity to say, 
explore was that meal satisfying how did i feel before and after like where was i emotionally why did i did i eat slow did i just pound it down and now i'm not even satisfied cuz i didn't actually taste anything like it's a really cool opportunity to do that yeah it's it's a time to slow down mm-hmm. and i think that's another thing is people just want to do things so quickly because their life is so busy it's like well you actually really need to slow down and take the time to wash the dish so you can decompress you know <laughs> And then another thing I heard was, you know, I have a lot of kids. That's a lot of dishes. And I'm like, well, you know, how old are your kids? Why aren't they doing the dishes? Like, what are they doing? Free labor. You you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, my son will help with the dishes. He'll load. We do have a dishwasher, but I also do a lot of dishes by hand. I kind of do both. But he will load the dishwasher. He will unload. And sometimes he will actually wash the dish because it is actually therapeutic. I feel like, you know, it is some time where you just do some mindless or mindful thinking, either whatever you need, (laughs) you know. Zone out and just wash. At that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, get your kids to help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which... Leads us into the other thing that I would love to talk about, which is the reel you posted with Johnny the other day, Mm. which I absolutely loved because I did not grow up in a home that Johnny is growing up in, which Mm -hmm. I think would have had such an amazing impact on all the whole health and fitness stuff, air quotes. So tell me about that. So this idea for this video kind of came up because me and Johnny are going or he's going through some body changes, I should say right now. And, you know, he's 11. So he's prepubescent. And uh, he, I'm trying to think of when maybe last year, he brought up to me that he was concerned um, that his belly was getting bigger. And he didn't understand why he's like, I know that I'm not fat, but I just don't understand why I have my bellies bigger and it's making me uncomfortable. Mm. And he was in tears. And that literally it broke me, you know, I'm like, okay. And in my mind, I'm like, how do I, what do I say that is not going to be toxic? You know, so it's like, I'm also relearning and learning ways of how to deal with disordered eating and my own thought process, not let alone trying to help a child. And I don't want him to go through the same thing that I did growing up with, you know, my mother's disordered eating and it trickling down to me. And so I said, I'm like, your body's changing. You're going through puberty. So, you know, fat's going to deposit itself in different areas. It's you're you're going to grow. It's gonna you're you're gonna grow up. You're gonna grow many different ways. Your bones, your muscles, everything. Um, you need that energy. And I'm like, let's focus on seeing how strong you can you can get and what your body can do. And at that point, um, I think he may have been in jujitsu or he was just starting jujitsu. So I'm like, let's continue the jujitsu. And I'm like, maybe let's get you into some strength training so you can get better at jujitsu. And he was like, yes, I'd love to do strength training. And he's like, mom, you know, can you do it with me at first? So I tried and that didn't work because kids don't listen to their parents. I was like, this is not fun for me and it's not fun for you. Training family is hard anyway. <laughs> So (laughs) I got him to go to a personal trainer at the gym that I used to coach at. And so he's been going with him this whole entire summer now. It was once a week and he wanted to add another day. So he does it twice a week now. And so he does jujitsu three times a week and strength training two times a week. And he loves it. Like he doesn't want to not go. Um, sometimes be like, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, tired. I'm not feeling it. I'm like, well, do you want to take a day off? He's like, nope, <laughs> I'm going to go. So he's consistent. And so he's noticing how strong he's getting. And that is giving him confidence. And that's what we want for our kids. Right. And also 
I'm having him, you know, cook, be in the kitchen, learn about the food he's eating, which my mother never did for me because she was always restricting. So it was like we ate what she wanted everyone else to eat. And I was grow up in the stay at the table to you finish your meal child. Um, so Johnny does not do that. If he's done, he's done. I, I'm not you know, going to make him finish his plate. And he has dessert every night, literally every single night. So yeah, um, I decided to make that video. I, I compiled like snippets throughout the entire summer. I'm, I just randomly recorded things as they were happening. And um, my plan was to put it all together like I did and, and do that real. Because I know I get questions from a lot of parents. of like, my child is overweight. What do I do? How many calories do they need? And how do I get them to move? And I'm like, you don't need to put your child on a diet. They are going to do what you're doing. And I also think what helped is my husband started strength training in March. And so my son seeing that kind of made him want to do it even more. Mm -hmm. He's been hella consistent too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that took a long time too for my husband to step in a gym. I mean, I've been coaching for a long time now and he just this March started. Mm -hmm. So leading by example, you know, you can't make anyone do anything, but you could sure you know, resemble whatever you would like everyone else to do and hope they follow along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that trying to force something, it's just going to make you resent each other too when they're not ready. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But leading by example is, is huge. And like, I don't, I don't have kids yet, hopefully one day, but that is, Mm -hmm. and I, I talked about this like years ago, back when I was still in like the beach body bullshit, I was like, that's Mm -hmm. part of the reason I, I'm like into this stuff now is because I want to know it and I want to be an example for my kids and like mm-hmm. be able to show them how to live a healthy, balanced life. Now, back then it was not healthy and balanced. I thought it was, but you know, we live and we learn, etc. That's what I hope. Yeah. And what's crazy with diet culture is it's so deep rooted, right? So through all this that I'm trying to um, mirror for Johnny, It's teaching me a few things because I still sometimes will have crazy things that go through my head. Like if he's eating something that I know in my mind is so calorie dense, it could be like a fucking piece of a brownie that I'm like, that's got to be a thousand calories. In my mind, I'm saying these things. So like, I'm not saying them out loud, but I'm like, okay, Beth, you need to chill the fuck out. Like it's teaching me. Like, wow, like this is still so deep rooted that it's still a part of me that I'm trying to let go. And so that's been really interesting as well. And there have been a few instances where I'm like, you know, give that back to me. That's a lot. And then I'm like, oh, my God, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a learning experience for sure. It's hard. Yeah. Well, I think that's important for people to know, too, is that like no one's perfect. (laughs) No, no one's ever no, perfect no, at anything. No. It's a perfection is a, a figment of imagination. You just mm-hmm. try and you screw it up and you apologize when you screw it up mm-hmm. to yourself or to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then you do better. You practice doing better. Yeah. I also mm-hmm. just thinking about like the house I grew up in and stuff, going back to the whole dishes thing. One thing my parents did very well is we always ate on real plates and dishes. Mm -hmm. And our food, even though there was like the stank about good food, bad food, like you can't eat that, etc. It always looked very appetizing. 
my mom still makes a kick-ass salad with like feta cheese and garbanzo beans and beets and like all this stuff Yum. on real plates. Mm-hmm. And she had she has these this set of depression glass, wine red depression glass dishes that they still use. We grew up using. And I th- maybe that's part of like where my thoughts about all of the came from. Because like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was a dishwasher. We did not eat on paper plates unless we were having pizza night with friends, which didn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just like all these things in my head about like Johnny taking pride in himself because he's strong and like he can do this and he is consistent and he enjoys it. Mm -hmm. And like taking pride in your food and and cooking, even if you're not a fantastic cook and like even if you don't super love cooking, but like assembling things, you know? Yeah. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about this. She was so she's not the cook of the house. Her wife is the Uh, housemaker and and the cook. mm -hmm. And she was so excited that she did this meal kit for herself. Yeah. And it's finding those little things that it spirals in like a good way. Yeah. Into confidence and and all of that. It's just Mm -hmm. cool to see. It really is about uh, like confidence. When you have more confidence, you're more apt to do things. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a positive reinforcement cycle. You try new things And then you have more confidence to step outside a little bit of your comfort zone more and then it works and you have the confidence and then you step outside a little bit more and it's, Mm -hmm. it's neat. You just have to, you got to be willing to take that effort. Right. It's scary, but it really is scary. I mean, when Johnny first started strength training, I remember the first time he came out of the gym room and he was like almost in tears. He's like, Mike tried to fucking kill me. That's exactly what he said. (laughs) He's like, I did a, I almost died doing a 25 pound goblet squat. And I was like, you know what? Or no, it was 20 pounds. I'm like, you did it. You didn't die. I go, but guess what? You're going to get stronger and that's going to get easier. And you're going to go up in weight. And he's like, I don't know. But he's at 40 pound goblet squats now. He's 11. And so him actually experiencing getting stronger and seeing and feeling how that feels like is giving him the confidence to keep going back. Mm And I love seeing that. I love seeing him go from crying (laughs) to like, I just did 40 pound goblet squat. You know, that's really, really cool. Hear that, ladies? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Ladies. (laughs) Throw around some fucking weight. For sure. I I feel a lot of a lot of parents need to get in the gym so their child or children are not scared to do that as an adult. And that that's what I'm seeing. Like we need to have strength training early in life. So you know what to do when you're going in the gym and you're not 50 years old and never touched a weight in your life. Yeah. I see that that trend forming now, which I, th- I think I is too. very exciting. It makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have that. And I wish I did. And I want my kids to have that. And it's it's so cool. It's so cool. It really is. Did you see that new study that just, just came out? Yeah. Um, I think I posted it yesterday, um, that strength training in like 11, 12, 13-year-olds um, improves academic intelligence and improves their mood, everything that we already know. And so I love seeing that, mm-hmm. that they're coming out with that stuff and actually doing studies about it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that'll, you know, generate. It's nice to have a study behind. It's like, yeah, we knew that already, but yeah, <laughs> here's right. here's some paperwork. Well, because so many pe- <laughs> people are like, oh, it stunts your growth. They're too young to go to the gym. There's all these like false mm-hmm. narratives about strength training when you're young, but they say, you know, as soon as you can participate in a sport, mm-hmm. t-ball, whatever it may be, your child can start lifting weights. Yeah. With guidance of a trained professional. Yeah. Obviously. That is one thing I, I tell people when they ask about their kids is like, if they can follow directions, 
mm-hmm. go for it. Oh yeah. When um I was coaching at Hybrid Fitness, Johnny was when I first started there, I think he was like three. So he's been in a gym gym environment since then. So when he would come to the gym with me uh, while I was teaching classes, he'd have to wait in the little waiting area. But then after he would come in and help me clean up and he would lift like the little pink weights because they were like two or three pounds, you know, and then we had these kettlebells that were like two pounds and he would try to figure out how to do a kettlebell swing back then. And I I actually have pictures and videos of him doing that. (laughs) Um, And I think it's so funny, but they can really, you know, do that. And their form is better than... (laughs) It's not bad. Yeah, would be. (laughs) Yeah, because they're more, you know, mobile and things like that. They're they're more teachable, I should say. Yeah, the gym that I go to, there's a little daycare, and they have like play dumbbells in there for the kids, and like they're throwing them around and like moving them and like doing what mom does. One of my friends, her kid goes to the daycare in the summer, and she'll she'll do what mom does, but in the daycare with the play weights. And I'm like, yeah, that's some pretty pretty good benching in there. Right. And then if her mom keeps continuing what she's doing, she's going to end up being in there with her mom, Mm -hmm. which that's what we want to see. Yeah, for sure. I also got, um, which is I would want to talk about really quickly, because this is a cool thing that just happened last night because it was my son's back to school, like picnic orientation type thing. Mm -hmm. And so we have to donate 20 hours of our time. Every parent in there does. And so this is the first year they're doing this. And I'm like, all right, what am I going to donate my time with? I don't want to do any fundraising thing. That's just not my thing. Like, I, I don't want to deal with that. Like, fuck that. <laughs> I went to his reflections teacher, like the head of his group. And I said, what if I was to teach like a nutrition course? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, my God. Um, we were actually talking about that, that we need that kind of thing in here. And I said, because kids don't know and more than anything, actually, their parents don't. And so I'd like it to be like a parent child thing. And so they agreed to that. So we're going to be working on some kind of curriculum that I'm going to teach 20 hours worth at least. Um, So hopefully it'll be like a parent-child type thing. And I can help the parents because I I know a lot of them have food rules. Mm -hmm. I I already know this. You know, we hear it from the kids talking to each other while they're eating lunch. Mm. You know, you shouldn't eat that. That has too much sugar. My mom said I can't have that because that has this in it. So I would love to get a hold of some parents and do a little nutrition teaching. That would you be know? awesome. Right? That'd be really cool. So I'm really pumped for that. That's exciting. I know. I want to do something like that locally, whether it's through my gym or not. There's a there's a massive Christian church like right around the corner from us. And like I go shopping Sunday mornings and I I see all the, the little rows of ducklings going in and out of church. And that would be cool someday to do something like that. Yeah. Whether whether that church or not, I don't know. But it'd be cool. For sure. It, it's needed. It doesn't happen enough in schools. No one's taught how to have a healthy relationship with food. No one knows what a macronutrient is. You know, we need to know these things. No one even knows what a calorie is or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like it's we need to teach our kids this. We need to show them this and not just teach it because they learn by by visual. Yeah. I was going to say something, but it left my brain. I'm like, did you did you <laughs> computer pause? I'm like, she okay? <laughs> she gonna move her face? <laughs> I I was gonna say something, but it's gone. It'll come back later. It's gone. It went like a fart in the wind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's how it be. <laughs> well, thanks for for coming on and shooting yeah. shit with me. Appreciate it's ya. always fun. Of course, love ya, love ya too. And everybody knows where to find you, Beth Fracco Fitness, all the places. Yeah. Yep. All righty. Mm-hmm. All right, Iris. <laughs> all right. Talk to you later. Bye. And to everybody else, have a fantastic rest of the day. 
And we'll talk to you next time. Same time, same place. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>